Hello and welcome to the How to Exit podcast, where we introduce you to a world of small to medium business acquisitions and mergers. We interview business owners, industry leaders, authors, mentors, and other influencers with the sole intent to share with you what it looks like to buy or sell a business that generates less than 10 to $15 million a year. Let's get rolling. <laughs> All right. So today we're here with Lana Coronado, and uh, we're going to talk about business exiting, uh, buying, selling, and what it looks like to maximize the value of business when we exit. Hello, Lana. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Ron. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, so the one thing I like to do to start off with is I really want people to kind of get inside a, a who you are and what you're up to and like as a person and in life. So um, start wherever you want to start, but tell us about you know, kind of where you come from and how you got to where you are now. Okay. Well, I am a first-generation immigrant from a country that no longer exists. Um, it used to be Soviet Union, now it's Ukraine. Um, I have been out of that country for a long, long time. I have been uh, living here in, in the U.S. Um, I'm full-blooded American now. I've been living here longer than I have been anywhere else. Uh, this is my country. This is my home. <clears throat> uh, I got to New York uh, way back when. I'm not going to date myself, uh, but it was a while ago. Um, and uh, I was just lucky. I was very lucky to have arrived in New York at the right time with the right set of skills and um, honestly with enough goals <clears throat> to go and, and learn what I didn't know. So um, my background is in IT. Um, it's in electronics. And I showed up in New York right when the IT was booming. Um, so everything was just growing everything was a bleeding edge at that time um, and that was my field so I got to do so many cool things uh, in New York at that time I got to do so many first things um, and it was just exciting it was it was great um, on a personal level I have three children um, my children's dad was unfortunately murdered so it's been kind of a tough road for me. Uh, my, my youngest daughter was only two months old when that happened, um, and that was a very long time ago. Um, so gr growing up with my children in New York City, which was, uh, um, I couldn't even speak English back then, uh, it, was, uh, it was a little bit tough, but it was also very, very educational. Um, and I think uh, the saying, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger, it is so true. Um, it is so true, and uh, uh, I, I'm just I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be um, in the field. Um, I've gotten into IT, uh, kind of a funny story because of a boy, uh, and <laughs> it's not something that I would want to share probably, but uh, yeah, so there was a cute boy that, uh, that was in this field, so that's where I got in. But then um, a lot of things happened, um, and I ended up in M&A, in the world of M&A, and I am just having a ball right now. Um, that's all I could tell you. It's a lot of fun. So uh, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, you, you came to the United States and actually had to learn English here. You speak better, but I'm from Oklahoma. You speak better English than I do. <laughs> Oh, so. come on. <laughs> well, so I, I would have never picked up. The funny thing is, yeah, 
the funny thing is, I see, I speak, uh, actually, I'm fluent in four languages, but none of them I speak without an accent. Uh, even my own language, when I go back there, I speak with an accent. So, so that's that. When I, when I, uh, so we have similar backgrounds. I actually spent some time in the IT world when I got out. I, I joined the military at 20. And uh, when I got out, they, uh, they recruited me into the IT world. And uh, when I joined the military, I did everything I could do to get away from my Oklahoma accent. I've been back here a while now, so you can probably pick up some of it. But uh, I tried to get everything I do to get away with it because in military intelligence, if you sound kind of redneckish, they just assume that you don't belong in the intelligence community, right? So, yeah, so I have uh, uh, a deep admiration for the fact that you're speaking multiple languages because I'm doing my best to challenge this one. All right. Well, I wouldn't know it, Ron. I would not know it that you have an accent. So, yeah. So it's funny is uh, it, the the people that would pick it up for me would be people like I I call when my dad was still around. I'd call my dad and talk to him for a few minutes, and then I'd be talking to somebody there and you know, and uh, in Hawaii or wherever I was stationed, and I would say you all or you know something. There, like, where, where did that come from? And I'd I, like, oh, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking around. I pretend that I you know that it was a mistake, right? So, cool. So you you have a very interesting background. So what got you into mergers and acquisitions, M and A? M and A. Okay. Well, again, that was uh, kind of a, an accident. Actually, um, a real accident. Um, I've uh, not another I've gotten... boy. No, not another boy. But you know how uh, again the saying goes. You know, if something happens, if I if I ever get hit by a truck, well, I actually got hit by a truck. Uh, but uh, by an 18-wheeler, which left me very, very uh, broken physically. Um, and um, there were some other things that, that transpired in my life that, that kind of left me at a, at a crossroads. So um, at that point, I decided that I wanted to do something different. Um, I had been an investor. I've, I've retired from IT very, very early, moved out west, and then kind of did the, the very boring, uh, you know, but I was just investing in stocks, uh, basically. But then that life-changing experience made me think that I wanted to be uh, real. I wanted to, to, to invest in more real businesses and work with real people. And uh, so this is how I got into m and I, um, I took a course and I uh, learned about it. I figured out that it's actually sounding a lot more fun than I thought. Um, so I started investing in real businesses, um, in, in real people, and have been having a ball. I started doing this about two years ago, and it has been a blast ever since. Yeah, I started, I think, uh, was October. I did the course where uh, you, know, you were one of the speakers there. There, And I haven't had this much fun since. I always, I was telling a friend of mine, I used to race motorcycles. I was never any good. I, I fixed, I learned how to fix bikes because I wasn't good enough to have a sponsor that would pay for parts and stuff. So, uh, but I did race motorcycles, dirt bikes and stuff. And coming out of one of these meetings after negotiating purchase and a thing gave me this same adrenaline rush as if I just jumped an uphill double on a, on a dirt bike, right? It was just like my heart was pounding. It was awesome, right? And um, so, yeah, I'm having a fat blast. I'm absolutely loving this too. So um, absolutely cool. So tell me a little bit about, so I see, we talked about a, a little bit of beforehand. See that you have a book coming out, right? So tell me about where that came about, and uh, tell me about your co-author, and just you know, what's it about? 
Okay, yes. So, um, well, you already know that I started investing in businesses, started working with businesses. And so what happens there is uh, people started approaching me about buying their business. And very soon I realized that there's a lot of businesses that are not really businesses. They're basically people um, self-employed. They're working, they, they don't have a boss, they're working for themselves. So they're calling themselves a business, but when it comes to selling that business, so to speak, it's really nothing, there's really nothing to buy. So, and then by nature, I'm the kind of person that cares a lot. Um, so it, it's very, very hard for me to say no to somebody. It's, it's very hard to, to, for me to turn away somebody. Um, so I kind of came up with the trick um, in, in my own head. I thought that, well, if I just help these people bring their businesses up to par, if I can do something to help the, uh, help the people make that business into a business buy, worth buying, um, then it would be, um, it would be helpful. Um, I wouldn't feel so bad about turning them away. And so this is how it started. I created this report, basically, uh, that said, you know, these are the steps that you can take that, that can make your business uh, be a better business or, or be a closer business to business than, uh, than the self-employment. Um, and I, um, I reached out to my friend, uh, Scotty Schindler, um, who is actually a business person who has built the business. He started the business and he's had an exit. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, you, you've built a business, you've, you've sold the business, can you read this report? And uh, give me your feedback, see how, uh, see how it feels from your end. He read it and he said, well, you know, the content is good. You should, you should write more about it. Uh, that there should be a lot more. And I said, well, do it with me. Uh, you know, by the way, I've, uh, English, you've noticed, is not my first language. So I never in my life thought that I would write a book. <laughs> but <laughs> I told him, well, you write it with me. And he said, okay, great. Um, so we kind of got together and we built this, this relationship and, and we wrote the book almost from the point of he said, she said, except that now it's from the point uh, of the buyer versus the point of the seller. So he tells his story and then how he sees that. And then I tell my story as an investor and how I see the whole transaction. And we just go through the steps and we... Um, we basically talk about all these little things that you can do to improve on your business, to make your business worth selling or make your business worth buying to somebody who is looking um, to buy a business. Um, so that's, uh, that's what the book is all about. Um, I am not really sure that um, it, it is not a textbook. Well, actually, I am very sure that it's not a textbook. Uh, we try to make it very, very... Uh, Simple, simple to understand. We understand that a lot of business owners are not there to, uh, they, they don't have an MBA. They, they don't have all the book learnings. They don't have all the understanding of what, uh, you know, all these complex issues and then calculations. So we try to make a book uh, that is easy to read, that is easy to understand. Uh, and we basically in plain English, we try to, to explain how that works and what EBITDA is and what is, uh, you know, what, what is better for the business when it comes to dependencies um, and then how it is 
that you know when it when a business is when a business owner is there um and and it's very all important for example you know and everybody comes to the business owner uh for the advice and the business owner is is the one doing all the the purchasing and all the buying and all the selling well that's great it makes him or her feel very good about themselves but it makes for a very bad business to be selling uh because uh, it creates a lot of dependencies. So if if I was to buy that kind of business, well, where would that leave me if the owner leaves? And so all these steps, we're we're going through all these steps in the book, and we explaining, and we're giving them um, real life, uh, you know, from from my experiences, from his his experiences, real life examples of uh, how that works and how that applies to any particular business. Cool. So without giving the entire book away, and we don't want you to do that, we want people to read the book. What would be the one thing, the one thing that just kind of sticks with you that's missing in most of the businesses that you see that really, that's what, that they focused on that, it would help with the other stuff. Right. Succession planning. Succession planning. If, right. Yes. And by the way, I, uh, I don't have a problem. Actually, I wanted to offer that to you, Ron, if any of your uh, listeners out there would like to send you their email address, I will be more than happy to send them a free copy uh, in PDF format when the book is out there. Um, uh, again, we're not doing this for the money. We're not hoping to make a lot of money selling the book. We're just hoping to help people and uh, and make their businesses better. But yes, yeah, succession planning, uh, make sure that when you leave the business, your, biz- your business is there um, still operating and it's still a profitable, good business. That way it's a lot easier for you to sell. Awesome. So uh, I'll make sure that we have a way for them to contact me uh, at the end of this. So listen until the end. I'll give you my email address and just email me that you'd like a copy of uh, Lana's book and we'll make sure you get that. So um, let's go back to like, You've been, it sounds like you've been doing this for, for, for what, over two years now, and you've done some deals. I, you know, we'll talk a little bit about like how far you climbed in two years, right? There's a surprise here in a minute that like you climbed pretty high. So, but in that process, what's one thing that you wish you'd like, you know, you know now, but you wish you'd have known on day one, right? Is there something like, you know, as far as anybody out there that's looking to get into acquisitions and mergers, uh, buying businesses and stuff? What's the, one of the first things they should just learn right then? Okay, so uh, again, I'll start with the same, with a common saying, common knowledge. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And I would say it is mostly true uh, with a little bit of a caveat. I would add a little bit to it. And I would advise people to not just go out and look for connections, but learn something. Learning is always good, no matter what. Um, education, it's not going to weigh on you. It's only going to be helpful every time. So if you go out there and learn something, then you can come into a situation where you start meeting people and start making connections. Well, you will have something to talk about to those connections. And once you have that conversation, those people will become really, truly who you know. 
And then because now you know somebody, that will lead to more conversations, that will lead to more introductions. If you're interesting, uh, if you're a really interesting person, if you're really making, making sure that you're somebody worthy of knowing as well, then you will be introduced to other people and that will create another network for you. And that will, in, in return, that will create more knowledge for you because now you have another person, another person, another person that you can talk to and you can ask questions and you can exchange information. And so that will kind of have a snowball, a snowball effect where you, the more you know, the more you will, the more people you will know, the more, the more you will know from those people and it will just, keep on going, keep on going. But yes, definitely networking, 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 uh, you, you will find a lot of deals, you will find a lot of relationships there. You cannot do it in a vacuum, absolutely. Awesome. I 100% agree with that one, 100%. One of the reasons I do the podcast is I get to meet really interesting people. I get to share those people, you know, and uh, share, you know, the audience I'm building with, you know, the people I'm interviewing. And uh, you know, we get to learn stuff about each other that we, we wouldn't have in a normal day of doing business. Uh, for full disclosure, you and I are on calls on a lot of, like, we're in the same circle, right? We've, we've had the same mentor and uh, I'm a, a little bit behind where you're at, but I'm, I'm working hard. And, but the, the interesting thing is, is I am a big believer in um, that network, right? I'd pay what I paid, but the, you know, some of these courses aren't cheap. I'd pay what I paid for that last course that you and I did together. And uh, I don't have approval to use their name, so we won't do that here. But um, I, pay, I would pay that just for the network. The people I met inside of that community are absolutely amazing people. And, you know, I come to those calls and, you know, I've had a couple calls where I come to, to you on projects you're working in. And how can I be of service? Like, you know, and that's the approach I want to take is what do I have that you might need? Because I want to enter, you know, with a service mindset. So I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Right. You know, what value can I add to your life? And then we'll go from there. So, yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true, Ron. And then uh, um, I do want to add that you are you are actually quite good at the, at the networking. Um, you, you have that. You seem to have that down. You just have that kind of personality that you, you just make it so easy to talk to. And uh, you, you make that happen. And this is actually I would like to use you as an example of that because you do your homework. You do go out there and you learn, uh, whether you take a course or you read a book or, or you ask questions, you do all that. So when you come to a connection, you have something, you are a very interesting person to talk to, and, and that creates more connections. And so now, again, and even in this little example, I am more than happy to introduce you to, to more people out there. And those people will, will have a conversation with you and so forth. And by the way, I would like, I would love for you to meet my partner and, and my co-author, uh, Scotty Schindler, because he can tell you the story from his side. That'd be um, wonderful. So that Absolutely. Probably, be yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Connection just happened. See? See yeah. how that works? Yeah, that's awesome. So I alluded to it a little bit, like how far you climbed in, two, in, in you know, just two short years. But anybody that's Googled you by now, they're actually at your LinkedIn page and they see that you're the chairman of the board for a publicly traded company. So how did that come about? Tell us a little bit about, you know, MBH uh, as, as much as you want to. And uh, I mean, it's cool to be the chairman of a board and you have your ticker symbol. I, that's a goal now I have. I have a goal on my <laughs> profile to, to be able to tell people what my ticker symbol is. That would be awesome. So tell us about that. 
Uh, yeah, well, I will I will tell you a real, a really, really quickly because I think that's a podcast in its own right. And so I again, I would like to facilitate that for you um, and and bring somebody um, onto your podcast to talk about that. But in short, I can tell you that um, it's built on this very new model called agglomeration. Uh, there were two uh, two co-founders there, Jeremy Harbour and Callum Lang. They came up with this um, idea, so they created MBH, uh, which is basically a platform to enable businesses to grow and break through the glass ceiling, break through that uh, scale paradox. And you know what that is? It's, it's you know when, when you have a small business, and we're talking about you know maybe ten, twenty million dollars in revenue. Once you come to that level it gets very, very hard. It's easy to grow up to that level. But then once you get to that level, it gets, it gets very hard to break through that because you come to the scale paradox. It, you know, if, you, if you want to have a bigger contract, you have to be a bigger company. But you can't become a bigger company if you don't have the bigger contract. So this is what MBH provides, actually. We have the platform. We, we have the, the publicly traded company. So we invite companies to join us and now keep running the business the way they are. We don't take their, uh, the branding or anything uh, like that. They keep running the business the way they are. They have built it. We have full trust and, and then just full confidence in the business owners to keep running their businesses the way they, they did. And... Uh, we just provide them with that platform so now they can use our status as a publicly traded company and the combined revenue levels and a combined EBITDA levels. So now they, they could go out and get those bigger contracts and, and that just grows. And we also provide them the platform to buy other businesses underneath. So um, this is, you know, the Jeremy's uh, favorite saying, it's, uh, it's all about democratizing wealth. Um, and that is absolutely true. So we're providing for uh, the platform. Again, it's a platform for the businesses who are not looking for exit. So um, this is not for businesses who are looking to sell, to sell. This is for business owners who have the companies and they're looking to grow those companies um, and then just be successful. Awesome. So I'm very, very happy to be on that board. Yeah. And so the, the interesting thing, and I, uh, you told me a lot about MBH, but I think you missed my question. My question is, you went from, you know, IT worker to semi-retired, you know, stock uh, investor to mergers and acquisitions. And in a short period of time, became the chairman of the board of an acquisitions-based company. And I think the answer might allude to what you just talked about, like networking and providing value. But I wanted to hear it from, that's what I'm thinking it probably is, but I wanted it to come from your approach where how did you think you stepped up into that role? Like, I know one of the two guys that, you know, you were talking about there is actually one of the mentors that we studied under, right? And he asked you to be the chairman of the board of a company he's founded. So, you know, so that's impressive. Well, actually, I did exactly what you just talked about, Juan, is when you, when you see something, when you, when you see an opportunity, you just come in and you ask, how can I help? And that's exactly what I did. Um, when I when I learned about the agglomeration model, I just became so enthralled with, with the whole model, with the with the whole idea of it. I was just there, helping. Um, I didn't ask for anything. I didn't uh, you know, I, I didn't have any plans. I was just there to help. 
I have become number one fan of the company. I have become number one promoter there. Um, I would talk to anybody and everybody that I knew. And uh, of course, my uh, my resume probably didn't hurt. Uh, but again, when I when I was approached to uh, to become a chair of the board, um, it took me about thirty seconds to say yes because I had already uh, I had already known everything about the company, and it was just. Uh, I knew that I could provide value there. I knew that I can do something positive for the company. So it was a very, very easy answer for me. Um, yeah, awesome. maybe for 35 seconds. <laughs> so uh, I think we heard two, but uh, one of my favorite questions I ask is who are three of the most influential people in this, in this career, in this space that you've come across so far? Well, you know, again, I am somewhat an unconventional, unconventional person. So um, I know that a lot of people will, will have big names lined up for you. I can only tell you that the three most influential people in my life, throughout my life, were my three children. Um, awesome. Everything, everything and anything that I have ever done, it was all because of them. It was all for them. And they are my, they are my guides. Um, any decision that I ever make in my life, I will always check in my head with, with them. Um, you know, would they approve? Would they be proud of me? Would they be, uh, you know, how would that make, how would this decision would make them feel? Um, or, or how would it affect them? Uh, so everything, everything is about my children. And, you know, again, I, I, uh, I would read a lot of books. I would watch a lot of videos and I would watch a lot of uh, uh, informational uh, vi videos and shows and, and what have you. And uh, so I don't have a whole one hero there that I would just go wholeheartedly. I could have, you know, one person that says something really cool and he's my hero, she's my hero that for that moment, and then they say something that's not really cool, and then they're not my hero. So I don't pick a person. Uh, if, if I had to, to pick one person or three people, those would be my, my three children. Uh, I think they're you just, my I, heroes. They're absolutely my heroes. And I think you just won the internet, because that's the best answer I've actually heard. You know, most people can <laughs> name off, right, you know. In this world, it's Jeremy Harbour, Roland Frazier, uh, Carl Allen. There's a lot of people out there that are teaching this, right? Carl Allen. And, you know, everybody's like, you know, you know, you must be, you're, you're, a, you're a Jeremy Harbour guy. It's like, yeah, I've taken that, but I've also taken the other guy's stuff too. I consume everything I can consume and I make it apply, um, you know, to my world. I'm a, a, an information, that's what I do. I just, I consume information. My book, my, my desk is stacked up high with books. My bookshelf over here is stacked you know, I have bookshelves out in the out in the common area of our office that people can borrow and and take. I've read them and I don't need to read them again. Kind of books. Um, yeah, so I get that. But the best answer I've ever had is I do this for my kids. I appreciate that. So let's take just just a second. Um, right. Where are your kids now? And what are they up to? Are they uh, they doing anything cool in their worlds? Uh, yeah. Well, my kids are uh, are not in M and A world, uh, but they're really really cool. One of them is a chef. One of them is a blacksmith, and one of them, uh, so I have two girls and a, and a boy, and uh, my youngest girl is a boat mechanic. So, again, I don't think there's anything conventional, conventional about them. And, uh, by the way, I take full credit for that because I have uh, always, always told them 
Don't go with convention. Question everything and you can do anything you want. Don't go with, uh, you know, with the norm or whatever it is. Just whatever makes you happy, go with that. And so I am very proud to say that they are all doing what they want to be doing. And they're awesome. That's cool. So I, I think you and I actually are on the same page with that. I, I, I believe I have two little ones. Like mine are still, I started, I started young. I'll give away my age. I'm 49 and I have a five-year-old and a 10-year-old, right? And uh, they're, they're a handful at this stage. But I honestly believe that my job of a parent is not to teach them what to think, but teach them how to think, right? And uh, it's funny as a, a friend of mine, she, she gave me analogies. It's kind of like you're you're driving down the road, you're blindfolded, and luckily there's guardrails, right? Our job is to be the guardrails for our children. We're not supposed to steer them and tell them, you know, to go perfectly straight down the center because they're going to hit. Our our job is to keep them from falling off, you know, off the hill and keep them, you know. The, but my goal is to teach my kids how to think. So my little uh, five-year-old, she's a red-haired, blue-eyed fireball of a girl. And, you know, she'll tell me no sometimes in front of people. Like, I, I can't believe you stand for that. Well, I asked her a question and she said no, or I told her to do something. And you know, I, I explained to her that it's, it's not no, daddy's like, I don't want to. And then we do a little negotiation and she still does it, but they're allowed to do that. She's allowed to think, right? You know, if she's in a bad mood and I go to give her a hug. She's, it's okay for her to tell me no, it's her body and it's her, it's okay. That's, that's, that's hundred percent okay to tell me, no, I don't want to hug now right now. So I, I've allowed, I love that you've got that same mentality, you know, be you don't just go along with what everybody else says think for yourself, make rational decisions, and I got your back, right? So Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And as a matter of fact, the, you know, speaking of negotiations, that's exactly what I did with my children. When they were little, they would ask me, uh, you know, Ma, can I go have a you know, sleepover? And I would say no. And they would, they would start pouting. And I would like, I'd be like, no, why, why are you accepting that? Let's negotiate. Bargain. What do you got? Let's let's negotiate. And so I've taught them that. I never accepted that from them. I never yes. accepted that they would accept the no from me. It's interesting because uh, I spent a lot of time. I'm actually getting ready to kick off a program to get uh, like a 21 day challenge to get people past no. Because as kids, we get beaten down with it. We actually uh, inherit this like reaction, a physical reaction to be told no, and it doesn't work for you in business and real estate and, you know, entrepreneurs, acquisitions, commercial, no matter what you're doing, if you're in the business world and you can't hit, stand here in a no, it's going to, it's going to get in your way a little bit. So uh, my kids are okay with it. They do negotiate. The favorite story I have for that is my son used to love this show. And um, I can't remember what it was. It's kind of, it was just as annoying as baby shark, right? The song. And uh, he would ask my wife to play it over and over again. And she'd say, okay, I'll play it once. And he'll say, no, you know, four times. And she'll like, they go back, you know, I taught him to negotiate. And uh, so they went, they were going back and forth, back and forth. And they finally agreed on three. And I said, good job, Caleb, give me five. And he goes, I want six. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I just like, I've created a monster. Right. But uh, so, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, I love that. Um, I, you know, I'm a big fan to teach them to think for themselves, to go for what they want. And, you know, my kids to this day will negotiate with me, right? You know, it's like, you know, like if they get grounded, they can actually like open up a negotiation for how to get ungrounded. And it's usually like cleaning up stuff. We have five acres doing something on the farm. You know, they got to do something that's outside of their normal day to day. I got to do. 
in order to get that done. So let's jump back to like the acquisitions merger world because you know this is kind of why we're all here and that's why our listeners are here. But <laughs> right. um, what is one common myth, you know, in this industry? Like the business owners probably hear, right? I kind of know what mind thinking is, but what's the one common myth in this profession that you know you wish it wasn't there? Uh, okay, so the the common myth is that the world of M and A is just full of the, these heartless robots, and it couldn't be further from truth. Um, and I understand that uh, you know there's there's always a few bad apples in in any box, um, and they unfortunately make that bad name, that mad, bad rapport, but bad reputation. Um, but I actually, well, you and I are in the, same, uh, in the same network, and I can honestly tell you, I can't even, I can't even imagine how how some of these people could be could be even perceived as, as heartless. I've met so many great people. They're just uh, they're just all heart. They're caring. They have families. They're human people. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you and I just lucky to be in this network that, that, that's different, but I, I do, um, I do believe that it's not luck is just, uh, they're, they're just wonderful people. And then, so that is the myth. I think that, um, m and is some, is it, this kind of, a you know, mysterious and, and, and heartless world. It is not. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to take an opportunity here to talk about this, my, my latest venture. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, which is Labruta, uh, Labruta Capital. Um, and that is actually the heartfelt, the mo- most altruistic uh, thing that we've come up with um, so far. And we just started it. My, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, uh, uh, here's another connection. I'm, I'm going to facilitate for you to uh, to interview my partners Ali and Brooker, which are um, absolutely awesome. And so this is uh, this is the company that we created to exclusively work with people uh, with business owners who are facing bankruptcy right now. Um, and then you know we, we know it's coming. We know it's uh, it's there. It exists, and it's very unfortunate. Um, and, and so for the business owners that are thinking that there is um, there is no other option, we are the other option. We can we can make that problem. We have a different way of, of saving that business. Uh, we have a way of making sure that instead of going into bankruptcy now, so the, the business owner, uh, when he or she goes into bankruptcy now, there is a seven or 10 year uh, a credit report that, that it sits on there. So they can't open another business. They can't open a bank account because of the check system. There, there are so many implications there. There, there are personal assets now um, at, um, at risk. So what we do here is we make we work with that business owner. We make sure that we will restructure their debt. We have the capital for it. We restructure the debt. We make sure that the business stays open. Um, we make sure that those jobs are still available that people don't lose their jobs. So we're basically saving the, the economy one business at a time. Um, and at the same time, we work with the business owner. Uh, we put them through this program where we work with them and make sure that their personal guarantees are all taken care of, that they're not, uh, that their credit stays intact. We help them fix the credit. And we also help them protect their personal assets. 
Uh, so uh, this is, um, I don't know, you, you can't call it heartless at all. But this is the business that is very, very dear and near to my heart uh, because I feel that uh, we're, we're making a difference. We are there to I, make the difference. I, we're there to help. I heard about that one, and as you're aware, I actually uh, got the three of you guys on a, a Zoom call and did my how can I serve you? And you guys had everything nailed down and didn't need me right away, but I'm still looking for a way to, to serve you guys. Uh, I have mm-hmm. a history in uh, negotiating debt off of a real estate. I ran a short sale real estate firm for a long time. And, uh, but so I've, I've got a spot in my heart for people in trouble. Um, it carries a lot of weight though. I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, one of the things that impacted me most in the foreclosure world is I took it home with me a lot. I would see people and, you know, losing homes and losing stuff. And I'm a natural empath. I feel the emotions of other people. I hate to admit that as a guy, because grown men don't cry, right? But I actually truly felt the emotions on a daily basis of people who come in there and uh, they're they're in tears because, you know, they, they don't have a choice but to sell the place. If they don't sell it, it actually, you know, gets worse, right? Uh, they lose it to foreclosure or whatever. So yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm full on board with helping you guys and any lead that I come across that are, you know, headed down that path, I'm absolutely going to make sure they get in touch with you guys because, uh, and we work with you because uh, I think that's, uh, I don't know anybody else in the industry that's doing it, right? I've been looking around. There's just nobody else doing what you guys are doing and it's really needed. So that's going to be a, a fun one to, to see, you know, grow up, you know, to, to yeah, mature yeah, and, and, and get in play. Absolutely. We're looking forward to working with you, Ron. It's, uh, you know, like I said, you, you're one of the very, very few guys that, uh, um, I feel is just uh, well, you 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 just natural. That's that's <laughs> all I could say. You you you're very very genuine. Um, so um, I love to that. work with you on on any level, on any level. All right. Well, we're coming on to about you know so towards the we're going to start wrapping up here a little bit, so we don't want to go too much further. But um, after all the questions I've asked you, you know, I always like to ask this question: What should I have asked? What what's the question? that somebody interviewing somebody with your skill set, your, you know, you're buying a selling business, you're the chairman of the board, you got a book coming out, you've got investment history. There's got to be a question that, man, he should ask me this because his audience needs to know it. So is there, is there a question out there? Uh, yes. So if I were you, I'd be asking, what is the most important thing in the world, Lana? And my, my answer would be, is not money. It's not success. It's not fame and fortune. It's time. Um, it's time for you. Um, and, and of course, it'll be different for everyone what that time means to them. Um, to me, it's, and I'm pretty sure it is to you as well, it's family, it's kids. It's time to do what, you know, what, what drives you. What drives me is care. Um, you know, I, I am very, very much... Uh, um, enthralled in, in, into anything, any industry that has a, a word care in it. Um, I love helping. I love, uh, you know, I, I love helping. So we actually, with Labruta family, with, with Labruta Capital, we have a, a whole lot uh, a bigger goal there where we're going to be helping a whole lot. And uh, what's most important to me is the time that I need to be able to help others. So I already kind of knew this, but uh, so you're interested in your current acquisitions outside of the company, you know, the 
the MBH, but your personal acquisitions, you're interested in anything in the care space, uh, health and well-being, care, um, holistic, organic products. You know, if it has to do with taking care of yourself or others, it seems like that's that's where you want to be. Is that correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. So any any industry that uses the word care, I'm very, very interested, whether it's healthcare, whether it's um, wellness, uh, if it's a pet care, elderly care, child care, uh, <laughs> anything that uses the word care, I'm very, very interested. And so I, uh, at the same time, you know, veterans care, we're very, very interested in, in helping veterans out. Um, so again, care. Awesome. So that's an easy way to remember, Lana Cares, right? So <laughs> cool. Yes, Lana Cares. All right. Let's see. I'm looking through my notes here. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything really cool. Um, yeah, actually, the, the main thing, I guess, I need to make sure if where do listeners reach out to, where do you want them to connect with you? So if they want to follow you, see what you're up to, what's your... I guess, flavor of choice in the social media world? Um, okay, well, I, I don't participate in social media other than LinkedIn. Um, I am very easily found on LinkedIn. Um, it, it's LinkedIn and then Lana-Coronado. Uh, and I also have my personal website, which is Coronado Results. Uh, Coronado as in Coronado, California, and then the word results. That's all one word, dot com. And from there, um, I could be connected with uh, through any, whether it's Labuda, whether it's uh, Holdings, whether it's MBH, um, the, depending on what the person's needs are, um, then I can, I can take them to that direction. Awesome. So if they're looking for you, they, they either go to your website or they go to LinkedIn and they search for you and they can find you. Um, for the uh, outlets that allow me to put it in the description, I'll put a, a way to I'll put your LinkedIn profile inside of our description. So we'll have that there. And um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we uh, wrap it up uh, today? No, that is correct. That are, you're, you're absolutely correct. I uh, absolutely love chatting with you, Ron. It's, uh, it's been the most fun. And uh, I thank you for that. And again, if, they, uh, if anybody is interested in, in a free copy of the book, just uh, collect the email address and I'll be more than happy when, when it's out. I'll send them out uh, a PDF copy of it. So for those of you listening, my email address is me, M-E, at fourcelltosoul.com. And that's the number four, S-A-L-E, the number two, S-O-L-D.com. It's me at fourcelltosoul.com. Just email me and let you know that you want Lana's book. And I'll make sure she gets that message and we get that to you right away. And uh, thank you guys for listening today. Today's show is also brought to you by the Investors and Entrepreneurs Professional Mastermind. The Investors and Entrepreneurs Professional Mastermind combines the traditional peer-to-peer mastermind introduced first in Napoleon Hill's famous book, Think and Grow Rich, with accountability partnering where your peers help you ensure that you set goals, take actions, and get results. If you want to scale, blow past roadblocks, and achieve success faster than you might think is possible, I suggest you take a visit over to TIEPM.com. That's T-I-E-P-M pm.com and check out the investors and entrepreneurs professional mastermind